0: Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Welcome friends to the A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough full love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. So welcome back to this, the final episode of season two of A Million Little TV Shows. When I started this, as I've said many times now, genuinely didn't think I'd get this far. But it's, it's a fun journey and I'm getting to tell stories about things that have happened in my life. I'm getting to reconnect with shows that I enjoyed and it really just helps me out mentally. So that's important for me. And I hope out there it's helping you guys out as well. You're either reconnecting with shows that you enjoyed or you're reminiscing about them as I go through them. And maybe you're disagreeing with me on certain points. And if you are, come have a chat. We can have an open discussion about that. I'm quite happy to engage with people and chat and get to know you guys. It's a small community, but it's growing, which is good. As for today... We're going to be focusing on the final three episodes of The Newsroom, Season 2. So that's Episodes 7 to 9. And again, as we went through in Episode 11, so far we've seen that the team are working on a story about Operation Genoa, and it's just got through to the Red Team stage. They've put the evidence out in front of the Red Team and had them pick holes in it. But Jerry, who brought the story to the table in the first place, has actually ended up doctoring footage of a general talking about Genoa because during the interview the general was evasive as to say whether it actually happened or not even though Jerry is determined that he did say so. We've got Will who has been having a crisis of conscience in the fact that he called the Tea Party the American Taliban and then got punished by the public for it and he feels like he needs to win the public back to make the show a success. When all Mac and Charlie want him to do is report the news to the best of his ability and challenge things that need challenging within government, within the environment, within whatever grounds that he needs to speak about. Both Mac and Charlie can't believe this story that has come out about Operation Genoa, but are muddling through and trying to go with it, even though more and more evidence keeps piling up on their desk, so... At some point they're going to have to believe it and that is why the red team was brought in fresh eyes to pick holes in their story. You've got Jim who was on the Romney bus but got kicked off and then ended up having to come back to New York because he gave a story away to a girl who was on the bus with him who he got kicked off and he felt guilty about. And those two are now dating. Don and Sloane seem to be getting closer and poor Maggie has just come back from Africa where she suffered an horrific event and is still trying to deal with the trauma of all of that, as well as getting away from the event that took her there in the first place, which was the fact that her and Jim and Don and Lisa had had the issues that they'd had. And then we've got poor Neil. This poor guy can't get a fucking break. He All he's trying to do is get a story on the air, but he keeps pitching shit like Bigfoot. And now OWS... But anyway, now I think that we're all caught up, it's time to get into the show, so let's start. Episode 7, Red Team 3. So picking up from the last episode, we know that Charlie has stated that the story about Operation Genoa wasn't true and he states that to Rebecca Halliday, the lawyer for AWM, and now we see that Don is getting deposed by Rebecca Halliday, and he's absolutely pissed off, because he never trusted Jerry from the start, and now Jerry has come into this building, and is calling them out for an institutional failure, when all they did throughout the whole thing was support him, and try and help him out. Yeah, they made it difficult for him, but they still aired a story that was from him, that was off his Back, and they absolutely got screwed on this. So, during his deposition, Don is asked the question whether they spotted any holes in Jerry's story when it came to Genoa and when they'd done the red team and don says yeah they did and rebecca tells him that that's why he's suing that is the failure people spotted mistakes in his story and went with it anyway don just keeps stating that he doctored the fucking tape so don starts to tell the story about how they had the third red team meeting everyone else in the room had seen it apart from will so they go through the evidence They go over it piece by piece, again and again. And at this point, everyone is just watching Will to see what he says. And Will tells them that he has a source as well. And he's heard the story before too, which no one else was expecting. And so everyone starts debating around the table about whether the story can go to air. Jerry obviously can't wait to get it on air. But others like Don and Jim and Sloan, they're all questioning it. Mac and Charlie believe that they've done everything that they possibly can to prove or disprove what Jerry has brought to them. And they think that they should go with it. And Will says, I'm going to go with whatever Charlie and Mac say. And since Charlie and Mac have both said this story needs to be told, they go to air with it. So Will goes on the air and he tells the full story. They do an hour special all about Operation Genoa. And at the end of the broadcast, everyone seems happy with it. Or as happy as you can be when it comes to outing your government for committing war crimes. But straight after the broadcast, Charlie's secretary comes into his office and tells him that they've got the general on the line. And he is hopping mad. Eventually, Charlie goes and speaks to Will and Mac. And he tells them that he's just had the general on the phone and he is threatening to kill him because it's not what he said at all and mac just reiterates they've got the raw footage so whatever the general's saying it's just wrong and will says look you know these generals will know each other and he's probably had a couple of his buddies on the phone just going what the hell were you doing we know it was you Why did you tell these people this? And he's just got cold feet. that's all it is. It'll blow over in a couple of days. We'll carry on with the story. We'll just keep backing the story. We know it's good. We've got the raw footage. We've got plenty of interviews. We've got official documents from places. Don't need to worry about it. And Mac tells Charlie that she's going to go and look at the raw footage again, just to make sure that they didn't miss anything. Charlie isn't so happy with all of this. He isn't content with the story anymore. He feels like it's fallen apart straight away. And because the Department of Defence haven't commented on this, nor the White House, he feels like something's gone wrong. Generally, they'd come out with a statement, but he's heard that they're getting lawyers involved. During all of this, while the others are celebrating... Will is just sat in his office and he's watching college football and during one of the plays Mac notices that they've got two clocks on the screen. At this point just to point out I don't think I've said it before but Mac is British so having two clocks on the scoreboard doesn't make much sense to her because our big sport is football soccer which I don't like saying but football. So she starts to inquire about the two clocks and why it's there and then She inquires if any other sports have a secondary clock in them, and Will tells her, yeah, some do, basketball does for like a shot clock, but other sports like baseball, you could pretty much eat a sandwich between pitches. So because of everything that's going on around the story, a couple of days later, Charlie gets Don to do a piece with Elliot's show, and they interview Gunnery Sergeant Eric Sweeney, once again, about his role in Operation Genoa, and he relays the story, and he starts talking about things, and he starts going a little bit off track, and as he does... Don tells Elliot to get him back on track but it's at this point that a crucial piece of information comes out that they didn't know about and Sweeney tells them that he and his buddy once hit an IED while on mission and he suffered a brain injury from it. This turns out to be new information for the team at ACN. Don immediately pulls the interview off the air and when he's asked why he did that he didn't know how to carry on a story about their own story because now it was just a lie. They hadn't checked this guy out properly and they couldn't vet him on their story because he didn't know what it was anymore. He didn't know what it was anymore. So because everything's now falling apart, Mac feels now that she actually led Herman Valenzuela in his interview and she reads back questions from her interview and the way that they're framed she feels is too leading and the answers that she was getting were as if she'd put one words in this guy's mouth and she says that he said things like he didn't want his buddy just to go down on his own meaning Sweeney so she begins to worry about this whole thing as well now Charlie needs to go and see his source and talk to him about it the spy but when he does the spy just shows him a picture of his son on his phone and then shows him more pictures of him his like his graduation and one of the pictures that he shows is of him on his first day at ACN and that being in the news was all he ever wanted to do. But after a couple of months, he made a mistake and ended up getting fired for it. And when he was let go, he went and took his own life. So this guy, the spy, has been feeding Charlie information regarding this whole affair because he found out that Jerry was snooping around about Operation Genoa. So he doctored a file, put it together, knowing that eventually Charlie would come asking for it because he knew he could just have Charlie killed, but he knew that Charlie cared more about being good on the news. And so he fucked him over. Then Mac begins to start watching the footage again, and she finds the thing that she's been looking for all along. During the match, the shot clock jumps. But the footage doesn't, and she realizes that he's cut a bit in the middle to make it seem like to make it seem like the general said we used Saren. So as soon as she does this, she goes out and she's going off to find Jerry. And when she finds him, she tells him that he's fired on the spot because he doctored the tape and he made a fool of the newsroom. And this story is a lie. And Jerry keeps saying it is a true story. But even now, they can't stand by it. The evidence is falling all around them, and even if it is true they can't stand by it anymore. Mac goes up to see Will and the whole team. They're all in Will's office and they're arguing over another story but as soon as Will sees Mac's face he knows what's going on and Mac just tells them that they're gonna have to run a retraction for Genoa. They can't do anything else tonight. That has to be the first thing that they do. So maybe Genoa happened, but it's not in the way that Jerry stated. And now Charlie, Mac, and Will—the only way to get round this now is for them all to resign. But when they go up to see Leona and tell them that they're resigning, she says, "You are not." In fact, this whole scene with Leona—it just makes me laugh. She's so funny. She keeps calling Will Daniel Craig look-alike. And then she keeps calling Mac McMack. She's stoned throughout the whole thing. And Jane Fonda just plays it beautifully. But she talks about how Jerry came in there and he cooked this story. And he's trying to... They're going to have to resign and she's going to have to pay him money. And he tells them that this isn't happening. You're not doing this. He wants to come after us. I've got some kick-ass court suits. The owner doesn't care. She'll take him to court and she'll probably win. And then probably my favourite scene, apart from the opening scene of the whole thing, is the end of this episode. Charlie and Leona get into a shouting match and Charlie tells her that they don't have the trust of the public anymore. And Leona shouts back, well, get it back. And then it fades to black. It's such a fucking great episode. Episode eight, election night, part one. So Rebecca Halliday is sat with Will and Charlie. It's the night after Leona telling them that they can't quit, she won't allow them to. And Rebecca tells them that if they do leave, Leona is willing to sue them because she feels like she isn't in the wrong here, and neither are they. She is standing behind her News Tonight team fully. But Will and Charlie, and especially Mac, still want to leave. They think this is the wrong decision from Leona but Charlie and Will aren't the only people that Rebecca needs to speak to while she's here. So she goes and finds Don and speaks to him about the fact that he slandered Jerry and now Jerry is wanting to sue him for defamation. Essentially, Jerry gave Don as a reference for a new job and when they called and spoke to Don about this, he told them that they would be hiring a sociopath if they allowed him to work there. And because of that, Jerry is allowed to sue him, which I've got my own opinions on this. Now, do I believe that people should be able to speak ill of other people um, when it comes to getting a new job or moving someone on somewhere? And I suppose it is a case of proving what's wrong with the person that they're trying to hire. But if you've got evidence of that person doing something bad, I think that should be passed on to another company. Now... If it's something from 20 years ago, you know, you can let that kind of pass or even if it's two jobs ago or whatever it is. But I think for something this fresh where they know that he doctored footage, I'm not saying that what Don said was right, he shouldn't have called him a associate. But then the other side of that is that you're then refusing to let them earn money again so I do get why HR departments do what they do and don't allow people to speak ill of others but sometimes I think it's necessary in certain situations or at least the company should be able to inquire why that person was fired or why that person was let go or why that person is leaving the company that they're leaving but Don was stupid for calling him that because that is going to just come and bite him in the ass again as it evidently has. So due to the fact that she was the press secretary for Romney during his campaign, Taylor Warren has been invited on the show during the election coverage. But while she's in the makeup room, She speaks to Maggie, and because Taylor's still got a little bit of a grudge against Jim, she tells Maggie this story about a senator, and a quote that he made years ago, which she knows that they can use as leverage on tonight's show, and it may help swing voters a certain way. So Maggie goes to Don, and they investigate this together, but as they do, Don calls one of the team of the senators. And as he's doing so, he gets told that he can get two stories that are much bigger than this one, if he's willing to wait a little while, just so this guy can clear it. So Don and Maggie are both intrigued and a little bit scared because of everything that happened with Jerry. They just hope that it's not a military story, because right now they could do without taking another kick in for this. Mac is getting massively frustrated with Will because she's literally just waiting on him to blow up at her. As he has done throughout the series, she has always tried to make amends for what happened when she had the affair and feels that Will has never really forgiven her and never really treated her well and feels that Will has never really forgiven her and now she feels like she's made this big cock up with this story of Jerry's and she's just waiting for him to go off. Because it's such a massive night, Charlie shows parties from around the world where people are actually being excited about the election and they're having their own little parties because it is quite a spectacle. There has been times when I've been caught up in it all. It's fascinating to watch but because of everything with operation genoa charlie is also a little gun shy and essentially tells everyone that he's got this application form for another job and it's going to go to the first person who fucks up tonight but nobody's going to make a mistake so it's all good but he has got this piece of paper so just be aware and he warns everyone about it and he's just shouting it from the rooftops During the election coverage, there is also a party going on upstairs, hosted by Leona and Reese. So Charlie goes up, sees Reese, and they start talking about the whole thing that went down with Jerry. And essentially, it's just Charlie trying to make sure that Reese knows that it was him, Will, and Mac that are to blame for this. And that if there is anyone to be punished, it should be them and he thinks they should be punished. Reese tells him that he'll be happy to fire them because he doesn't like the way that they talk to his mother as he stayed before, and he wants rid of them, but he also says that Leona won't let him and what he actually says is but my mom won't let me. <laughs> He's such a little mummy's boy. So now that Jim is back in New York and Hallie is still out on the road covering the Romney campaign, she hasn't seen any of the rest of the team for months now. This includes Maggie. The last time that she saw her she was blonde and shoulder length hair so while Jim and Hallie are talking over Skype Maggie comes over to talk to him she puts her head in the frame and waves at Hallie to say hi and as soon as she leaves Hallie questions Jim about what the hell happened there when Jim tells her he's she's just trying something new Hallie tells Jim that she thinks she cut her own hair and she's concerned about Maggie Just as Jim's about to go and ask Maggie about what went down, he gets called to the decision desk, which on election night is where all the data's been processed. And essentially, this team are told that they can't look at any other screens, they can't take in any other information from anywhere else, because if they do, it may sway Their judgment on certain things. So they've got to be impartial throughout. But it turns out that Jim has made a bad call. He's called the race for Michigan as MI when he's put it on a notepad for them to give to the techs to put on screen. But what he meant was Mississippi, which is M-I-S-S. So now he's the first to fuck up. And like I've said, Charlie's on the warpath. So he asks one of the people on the decision desk whether the call for Michigan is the right call. And she tells him, yes, it is the right call, but you can't call it yet. It's going to be really close. And Jim's like, yeah, but we made the right call. It's like, yeah, but he shouldn't have made it. It's really close. And Jim's just trying to back his way out of this. He asks one of the techs to remove it from the screen, but they haven't retracted the call because he knows that it'll be in the shit. So he just says that he's going to wait it out. Matt keeps talking to Will about wanting to get fired and he tell, and she tells him that just because Leona won't let him go, that doesn't mean that she can't go. Will has signed this contract during last season so he could fire her at any time. So she's begging to be fired and when he tells her that he's not going to fire her because it wouldn't look good, she calls on his vanity says, oh it's just because you want people to like you and it's this comment that really pisses Will off and he just tells her, look, you're done at the end of this broadcast. We're going to get tonight done and then you'll be fired because I'm sick of this whole attitude. And just before the end of the episode, Don finds out that the stories that he's going to be getting instead of the senator's story are actually going to be one about a military man having an affair and another involving another military man. And he just can't believe their luck because he knows that ACN can't report either and will probably have to go with the original senator story. Episode 9, Election Night 2. So due to the fact that Maggie and Don have got these stories, they decide to actually go with the initial story that they got because it's a story that can do some good and it can help the voters, whereas the other ones will come out eventually and probably in the next couple of days, but they won't affect the election and they need to give the voters something that is tangible and not just going to be irrelevant to them in a couple of days' time. During one of the reports... While Taylor and Will are just sat talking, they get onto the fact that Will, Mac and Charlie want to leave. But Taylor lets him in on the information that, actually, if they go, all the rest of the staff are going to leave as well. Especially all the senior staff, which Will had no clue about. So Will gets all the senior staff together and tells them that they're not quitting. It's a stupid idea that they need to quit. They need to carry on doing the good work that they're doing. They need to continue what Mac, Will and Charlie started because otherwise it's all for nothing. Because of the uncertainty of their roles going forward, and Charlie really wanting to nip this in the bud now, Charlie goes to speak to Leona again while she's up at the party. And when he gets there, Leona tells him that it's not going to be her decision now. She's told Charlie that at some point, Reese is going to have to take over. So this is the decision I'm giving him now. And he's gone out to think about it. But after the conversation earlier, Charlie is pretty much packing his desk up. He's ready to go. He knows that Reese won't keep them on, so everything's fine. They can just leave. So as he goes downstairs to confirm this to Will and Mac, he bumps into one of the waitresses and shatters glasses of drinks everywhere. But Charlie being Charlie helps pick the glasses up and he he apologises and he's really courteous towards her. And that's one thing I really like about Charlie. He's not too up himself and... When he actually spots the girl who he bumped into, he recognises her as Lisa. And after he's finished apologising to her, she asks him not to mention anything to Jim, that she's up there. However, due to the fact that nobody's allowed phones up in this party, due to the fact that it's an important media organisation and things might get leaked about the election, it turns out that that hasn't stopped everybody, because someone has taken a photo of Charlie and Neil's got wind of it and goes over to show Jim and Maggie. But when he does, Jim recognises who's in the photo and sees that Lisa is waitress in the party and decides to go up and see her. After the talks with all the major staff... Will decides that it's time for Elliot to start leading, as well as Mac believes that it's time for Don to start leading. And so during a major call for one of the states, Will and Mac decide to step away so that the audience can get used to seeing Sloan, Elliot, and getting them produced by Don for major news. But I suppose it's also a good thing for Reese, Leona, and whoever else comes in to see that these guys can anchor this TV show. Because at the minute, all roads lead to Will McAvoy. He is the major news guy, so having them deliver major news would be a good thing for them. So while they're away from it all, Will and Matt go into the makeup room and just start having a chat about everything that's gone on and how it's all ridiculous and how they need to sort of get over this shit. But during that, Will tells her that the engagement ring he bought her was actually fake. It was just a prop. He hadn't bought it years ago. He knew that she was going to find out that someone had given him an offer and he knew that she'd react as if he didn't want to stay and that he wasn't taking them seriously. Will, however, knew that the offer that he'd got was just a power play. They didn't want him. They were just trying to make someone else realise that they wanted that job. Will knew that he wasn't going to go but Mac hasn't heard a thing that he's just said all she's heard is that the engagement ring was fake and she told him that whatever she's done to him like she doesn't deserve that kind of cruelty and it's right she doesn't if someone's cheated on you and you've allowed them back in your life and you have to be professional with them that sucks to do something like that to someone to trick them into making you think that to trick them into making them think that they threw everything away and You were just about ready to commit. It's awful. Jim, as I've said, has gone to see Lisa. He's at the party and in all honesty, I want to slap Jim at this point because he's going through this party and all he's doing is just bothering Lisa and talking to guests like shit. And this is Lisa's job. She doesn't need this right now. She needs him to back off a little bit and maybe come back on her break or whatever. But he doesn't inquire about when her break is, he doesn't ask her to go on a break, he doesn't do anything, he's just bugging her. And it fucking winds me up every time I see it. But eventually he asks her to speak to Maggie, because he thinks that she's been having some real problems. And when Lisa asks, what do you mean? Jim says, do you not know about Africa? And Lisa just says, no, I don't. And I don't want to get involved in anything like that anymore. But he suggests that maybe she cut her own hair and she's been having a tough time of things and maybe she should speak to her. And Lisa admits that she did find hair in the bathroom. All night, (laughs) Sloane. This is probably my favourite bit with Sloane and Neil and also Mac in some cases. So throughout the episode, Mac has been quoted as being as part of the Oxford Debating Society. But she went to Cambridge, so she's not happy about that at all. And this is part of her Wikipedia page, so she wants Neil to change it. But Neil can't get to change it because the administrators won't let him. So he has to get a source out there this being Hallie, telling the world that she went to Cambridge and not Oxford. And the other thing about that is all the Americans seem baffled by this. But it's like if you went to Harvard and everyone went, you went to Yale. It's just exactly the same. However, throughout the whole night, she is bugging him about this. Sloane, on the other hand, is also bugging Neil, because earlier on in the night, he told her that someone has signed a book that she wrote, and it went to auction and someone bid on it, and the inscription was in German, because it's a book about German finance from the past, or German economics from the past. But Sloan, who speaks fluent German, as well as fluent Japanese, finds out what the inscription was, and it said, please shred this book. So Sloan is trying to find out who bought the book, because the person who has the book, it wasn't signed by her, it was actually Gary who signed it, because he spoke a little bit of German. So Sloane's running around trying to find out who got this book, even though she's presenting as well, and she's got Neil chasing down who actually bought it. It turns out that everyone who bid in this silent auction has written their name down as characters from a famous movie. And eventually she sees a poster in Don's office, which says that it's him. So she goes down to the control room, walks in, looks Don in the eye, signs her book, slams it into his chest and then kisses him she realizes that he did this for her knowing that she'd be so anxious about all of it and he just wanted to take care of her which is sort of what he's done for a while now it's really sweet but the whole thing is fucking ridiculous and makes me laugh every time i see it jim goes and speaks to maggie and tells her that he spoke to lisa and she is just all over the place she doesn't feel like she's tough She thinks that Jim's tough and Max's tough and Will's tough. And, you know, Don and Sloan, they're all tough. They're people that you feel could get stuff done and wouldn't crumble under any pressure. And she feels like she's not that way. But Jim talks to her and says that what happened wasn't her fault. It's an unfortunate situation. But if she hadn't have turned around to see Gary, it could have been her. And as bad as it is that poor Daniel was lost it would have affected them that she could have gone and although it'll haunt her she is tough Charlie comes to see Will and he tells him that Reese is the one who's going to be making the decision so they can pretty much quit they're done but Charlie tells him that he doesn't want to what they're doing here is great why are they thinking about quitting they need to fight this What happened with Genoa, they had 10 months of research. They had researchers in every department looking into this. They had people who deceived them. They did everything right. They got as many sources as they could and and other channels would have ran with this by now. They had three red teams, they picked holes in it, and they found what was wrong with it. But they had enough evidence to prove that something happened. And Charlie says, we're not quitting, we did the right thing. And it's here that Will starts to realise that, yeah, they did the right thing. But not only did they do the right thing, Mac did too. She's put herself in the fiery line on every single occasion she's stood by his side just like he stood by everyone else's and it's not fair to keep punishing her the way that he's punished her and he loves her and he wants to be with her and so he takes the ring out of the drawer and he starts running around the studio eventually he finds her just sat at the news desk and he takes her to one side and he tells her that he's an idiot and will tells a story about a kid who keeps shredding paper So his parents take him to a doctor, and then another doctor, and another doctor. And eventually, they end up taking him to the best doctor in the world. And he just keeps shredding paper, until the doctor says to him, if you stop shredding paper, they'll stop taking you to doctors. And he turns to his parents and says, why didn't you just say that? And he believes that the moral of the story is that the kid could make himself happy if he just stopped. And that's what he wants. He wants to stop being mad at Mac. He hates... The way that everything's gone between them. He still loves her so much. And he asks her to marry him. And of course she accepts. It's all she wants. She loves him. Reese comes in and he goes over to Charlie and he starts talking to him and he says basically that he's not letting them quit. And Charlie says, Well, that's good, because we weren't gonna quit anyway. And Reese goes, No, but I'm not letting you quit. And Charlie goes, Yeah, but we weren't gonna quit. So you can't you can't take the moral ground on this one. We weren't gonna quit. <laughs> And he and Reese just butt heads straight away. And it's just fucking brilliant. But then Mac and Will step out and announce that they're engaged. And obviously everyone's thrilled. That's all they wanted as well. They're all happy for them. They're celebrating. And they enjoy the night. And while everyone is celebrating, one of my favourite songs comes on. And it's let my love open the door and it's the version by the lumineers and again it's another song from a million little things maggie sings it and as the songs play in you see different things going off sloan and don together mac and will together and you see lisa and maggie and she tells her all about africa and they seem to have a truce so finally things are going in the right way and that's the end of season two. Now, like I say, this is my favorite season. It's nine episodes long, so it's short enough um to leave you wanting more. Like the West Wing, it's sharp, it's witty, it's very fast paced. You can see the sort of the newsroom atmosphere that it is constantly on the go because there's constantly news coming through. And it's just such a great show. And I've said it before, it warms my heart looking at some of the things that happened from, you know, the oil spill to the bombings in Syria. You know, talks about 9-11, talks about 7-7. It talks about capturing and killing Osama bin Laden. There's a lot covered in this show and a lot that happened in my time, my lifetime and I just love it. It's so good, and it makes me so happy just watching it. I love the relationships. They all make me happy. It's why it is one of my comfort shows, and it is why it's one of the shows that I will keep going back to. The thing about a show like this is that it was on HBO, and it feels like a HBO show before, like, Game of Thrones became popular, where it's a decent enough budget but they aren't going to push it past a certain number of episodes, like some American TV that you watch. For instance, I just finished the second season of CSI Vegas recently, and it's 22 episodes long, and it's too long. CSI should be 13 episodes long, and that's it, because they have to fill cable TV so much. It's frustrating, because the storyline throughout the season gets lost, whereas this... It gave you nine episodes and you were begging for another one. I remember when I first started working with a friend of mine and we were waiting for this third season to come and we were just champing at the bit for it. And then we found out it was going to be six episodes long and we went, well, what the fuck's going on? Why is it that long? Like, you know, that's a British drama series that you'd get on the BBC, which would be 55 minutes long, not 45 minutes per episode. It was ridiculous. But like I say, that is now it for this season of The Newsroom. And I will be covering season three, but it isn't going to be for a while. So let's have a look what's next. So on the next season, I'm going to be covering A Million Little Things season three. Inside number nine season three, Dead Pixels. That's coming back for season two. And that is going to be the last season of Dead Pixels, unfortunately. I'm going back to Modern Love season two and again that's going to be the final season of that and i'm introducing hannibal which i haven't watched for a bit and i do love it it's fucking crazy and really really gory so i hope you're going to come and enjoy that one with me as well and i've already planned out season four as well so that's going to be inside number nine season four a million little things season four miracle workers season two which i'm excited about because I liked the one about God, but this one is set in like the Stone Age, I think it is. So that's quite fun. And then I'm going to be doing The Newsroom Season 3, the sixth episode there, and that's going to be the final of that. But I'm also introducing The Santa Clarita Diet, which for me was a bit of a sleeper hit at the time that it came out. So again, I hope you're going to join me for that, because I think it's excellent. And it'll be so good to remind myself of that series. But as for today, I think that's it. And that's season two wrapped up for me. I'm not going anywhere. Season three will be coming straight along. But I'm just trying to break these down into seasons. So I've got something to sort of focus my attention on. But that's it for me now. So thank you very much for listening. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.